Welcome back to episode 14 of the Extra Cooler Show. I'm Nick, otherwise known as Extra Cooler, and I'm here with my Survivor Series team, Matt, Mike, and Jim. Uh, This week, we are in uncharted territory. I think all of us uh, can admit that we are not WCW guys. And tonight, we are breaking down probably one of the the 10 best wrestling matches of all time. Yeah. I I would think it's on most people's lists. Uh, It is... Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero title versus mask match for the WCW cruiserweight championship at 1997 Halloween havoc. While we're here, don't forget you can find us on Instagram at extra cooler and Twitter at extra cooler show. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things Indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern, available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. You guys ready to tell us what's in the cooler? We're ready. Who's going first? I, uh, I'm a little disappointed in myself. I'm not gonna lie. I have made an effort for 13 episodes to have something different in the cooler every single time. And I went back to the well Been a, a long, early start to the week. So, uh, I've got some Jameson and some Guinness. I've got the tag team champs over here. So cheers. nice. Mm-hmm. Very Irish, very Irish. I'm also in the hard liquor territory. I have a uh, Kate Hudson vodka, <laughs> which is uh, King Street vodka. <laughs> what? Yeah, Kate Hudson vodka. Let's go say we had a little get together with colleagues, and we had uh, the Rocks tequila, and we had George Clooney's tequila. So my colleagues thought we only buy celebrity uh, alcohol, so they bought us uh, Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson vodka. So I have Touché. Kate Hudson. Yeah, so I have Kate Hudson vodka with. Uh, seltzer and uh it's delicious you should just gonna say how she tastes yeah Mm. (laughs) delightful you You sound like jerry lawler yeah (laughs) (laughs) mike what do you got i'll tell you what i got uh 21st amendment hell or have watermelon man classic summer drink yeah it's getting warm it's getting hot out on that road to summer and uh man this goes down like it's water super crushable super crushable yeah yeah like Sinead o'connor once said nothing compares to you uh hell or high watermelon because yeah i thought you yeah i just referenced Sinead o'connor i thought you were about to say super crushable like Sinead Sinead o'connor i was like wow really i never knew that about you you like the the buzz cut look well, I do. Know. Yeah, you were into that GI Jane trailer, though. I remember back in the day. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, on, on on that note, I am having uh, my. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's about to be like uh, real feel ninety degrees here later this week in New York, and uh, I'm I'm having a Narragansett Dell's Shandy. It, it's my go-to summer beer. It's light. It's refreshing. Comes in a beautiful yellow and green can. Um, what's the most important thing? What's the temperature? It's ice cold, right? It is 
always ice cold. That's yeah. how you advertise it to us. <laughs> yes. Before. Ice Large, cold. Yeah. An, an ice cold Narragansett shandy. All right. That does sound delicious. I'll tell you something, Mean Gene. You got to refer to it as the heat index. All right. Get it right or pay the price. Resident weatherman. I don't think we were gone down that road, but this guy's always going to correct us on weather related topics, Mr. Mike. I guess you're going right. real filthy. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the Pyramid Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more, you can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Here we are, 1997, October 26th at the MGM Grand Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Busta uh, Rhymes CD just came out. It's the most squad. <laughs> so as I said earlier, none of us are WCW guys. Uh, I think to all of us, this felt very, this felt like we were watching a, uh, a new pay-per-view in 2021. It was a whole new world to me. I've watched the match before in the past, but I've never watched this pay-per-view from front to back. And uh, it was actually, a del- it was delightful, I've got to say. We're going to talk about uh, 1997 Halloween Havoc, but when we first got all quarantined in the spring and we decided, hey, let's one night sit down and pick a match, watch it together and just drink some beers and hang out via Zoom. um, That was actually the first match that we chose as a group to watch this match. uh, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. We watched it. I was yeah. about to say, I don't remember that either. I must have been bombed. Hey, we must have gotten <laughs> yeah. It was the first, got first Zoom. We got ripped yeah, to shreds. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we were probably up till like three o'clock in the morning, regretting it the next day. Um, 100%. But yeah, that was the first one. Uh, we definitely didn't watch this whole card. So let's talk a little bit about Halloween Havoc. Man, this is, this is right around the time that the first Hell in a Cell. Th- is it about to happen? Or did no, it, it happened three weeks happened. earlier. Right. So Sean versus The Undertaker in at Bad Blood, Hell in a Cell. Has already um, happened, yeah. Already happened. Kane has debuted. And here we are a few weeks later at, at Halloween Havoc on WCW. And WCW always has such a different feel to me, and I'm sure you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's just because it's like, it was always this. It was felt like it was down south. Something about it just always did. It's got me. that southern feel, yeah, yeah. Which is what's interesting about this card because it's not down south. It's out in Vegas, right? So it does kind of has a totally different feel to it, right? Um, and it's not, and it doesn't have Jim Ross, who you know, something about his voice gives that 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 feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot a lot of WCW stuff that we need to venture into, um, and I think this is going to make us do that. How about how interesting is it that the the Halloween Havoc theme? Did you notice this is actually um, the same theme that Mark Marvelous Mark Marrow uses in the WWF a year later? Really? I, I don't. I, you know, I think it's actually the original. I already mean. No, a year later when he's uh, when he's boxing Mark Marrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, really? With, with, yeah, yeah. So like at WrestleMania 14 when he's with Sable and they're fighting Jackie and. Oh whoever, wow! Whoever it was, but um, yeah, it's real. It's a weird thing. I don't know if it's, and I don't think it's WWE 
F doing their revisionist Edit, history, yeah. like, like how Jericho's music is, you know, breakdown right. break walls. Uh, so it's just an interesting way to start. I wow. Know. I didn't notice that. I'm going to have to go back and, and listen. The way we're going to talk about this event and our match, our homework of the week is a little different than usual. What we're going to do, just so you guys know, we're going to discuss the entire card. We're going to skip over Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero and cover that last since that is our homework match. I'm going to try my best not to knock WCW too much in this episode, but right off the bat, I, I, I turn it on and we see that video package of Piper vs. Hogan and I can't help but, but compare it to the video packages that WWF had put out um, and still put out, which are the best of the best. It just, oh. it felt, felt kind of corny. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I didn't want to watch these two old saggy guys in the ring later on. We're coming out of the gates hard swinging yeah. like the WWE marks that we are. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But you're uh, right though. I, my, the notes I took at the beginning of this and it, I thought it was going to set the tone for the whole show is that WCW production sucks, right? Like the, the, right. the, yeah. the hype packages, the music, it's all kind of, that's definitely questions. where they're lacking, but man, it picks up. So, Oh, it does. It does. I think one of the things that always, again, maybe it's just me with the aesthetics that has always looked weird about WCW is the turnbuckles. The turnbuckles have this like flat look to them. They almost look a little too much like that boxing style. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. It's You're just right. something I You're noticed right. right off the bat. Um, and I, I think that's what made the ring look different. That and all the massive advertisements throughout it. Yeah. On the, the ring. Like Slim Jim on the, on the corner <laughs> post. <laughs> oh, we're going to hear a lot about Slim Jim throughout this, <laughs> this pay-per-view. Um, so our, our first match is, uh, how did you say his name, Jim? Eugene, it's, it's not... Kuji no, it's, I think it's Kuji Nagata, yeah. With with, right. uh, with Sonny Son yeah. Ono. Who takes with a Son selfie. Ono. Who takes a selfie with <laughs> I, I saw the same thing. I saw that. Yeah. First selfie did he, ever. First did he selfie. crank that thing up? The oh, crank he totally. Yeah, he, uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Disposable oh, camera. So I... So anyway, so he faces, he defeats Ultimo Dragon. Uh, if we talk submission. about Nagata's entrance gear, which I think can be best described as like uh, a couple of WeatherTech car mats stitched together. <laughs> Do you notice? <laughs> go, go back and watch this. He looks like he's wearing the thing on the bottom of your car. Like it's a, so, This match was really good, but I, I, uh, I, I had nothing invested in it. So I did, while I put this on, I, I, did a quick search and I found Tony Schiavone's podcast where he talks about this event. Yeah. And he, he tells a story how, uh, <laughs> the Sonny Ono used to call him in the middle of the night when Sonny Ono <laughs> was being intimate with a woman. What? And, and just Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta find, I'll, I'll try and find the clip. Um, but it's just wild. Uh, he says he would call him when he's being intimate with a woman and speak to him in a different language. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I love Sonny Ono now. Oh, We've never heard right? about this before. <laughs> is, so, Sonny, oh, is Sonny Ono some kind of play on Sonny Bono or is it just... 100%, I think oh, so. Okay. How oh, about... Man. Can we talk about the fact that Iron Mike Tanay just shows up randomly in the middle of this match on, on the announce team? Like, he just... In the middle of it, he's not there in the beginning, but like all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, here's Tanay," because he lives in Vegas. Oh, maybe, hey, hey! Maybe he just got there, like, "Hey, what's up?" And he gets he, he gets in there with the four man team, like, uh, you know, and they don't miss a beat. I, Which, I love it. Can we, talk, is... can we talk about the four man team? So who is it? We got Tanay, we have yes. Shivani, of course. We have Dusty. Bobby, the, 
Bobby the Brain Heenan and Dusty Rhodes, which is a pretty yeah, incredible. It is. As soon as, when I saw those four guys lined up, or I'm like, wow, this is going to be an interesting night. Like that's a a real diverse uh, group yeah. of talent. Yeah. So, like you said in the beginning, they show them at the the table or the announce table, the three of them, Heenan, Shivani, and Dusty. And uh, Tanae is in and out throughout this pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, but he plays an intricate role in our homework match, which we'll mm. get to. Yeah. So uh, after that match, we cut to Disco Inferno and, and Jacqueline backstage. <laughs> and Jacqueline's got a, a different haircut from uh, her uh, WWF days. I don't know what's going on there. Um, man. I don't, I don't really have anything to say about Disco Inferno. So I'm going to move on to a, a match that was not billed on the card and it replaced a Goldberg match, I believe, mm. um, last minute. And it was Chris Jericho defeating Gato by submission. So Gato is the main booker at yes. New Japan right now. Correct. And Yuji Nagato from the first match just had a match with... John Moxley on AEW just this past week. Pretty crazy that these two guys. Are it's still, wild. Yeah, that they're still not only in it, but big pieces of the business right now. Pretty. I thought that was pretty cool and Thank, good timing on our side. Thanks for not correcting me before when you when I called him Kuji Nagata. Now our resident <laughs> wrestling brain here goes. Just, oh, Yuji Nagata is the uh, like you're like yep. Tanay, and you're like I'm just gonna let him be an yep. idiot. <laughs> so I, I was I was gonna dig at you and say, oh, obviously Jim didn't watch AEW this past week, but we all know that you did. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Someone for... <laughs> someone on one of the podcasts that I was listening to uh, at. I, I, I apologize if I'm wrong about this, but it was either Masked Man or our, our buddies uh, in the Pod Foundation, Turnbuckle Tavern, said how Nagata wants to wrestle until he's 70. Wow. And he's in his early 50s. So uh, I don't know. You never know. Wow. How, um, about, how about Gato's uh, ring gear? It's like a, a gi, but a belly shirt version, right? Like it's yellow belly yeah. shirt. <laughs> it must have stopped at like the Las Vegas Walmart or something. Yeah, yeah. That shirt cut it off. You didn't. We, something we haven't explored on this podcast is the fact that our host, uh, Nick Extra Cooler, is a black belt in karate, which is probably the reason he gets a nickname and the rest of us just go by our regular names. Um, <laughs> but, but you never you never wore like a belly gi, right? Like no, was, no, no. Always covered up my belly button. All right, okay, all right. <laughs> just wanted to so, just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> all right, so so talking about this match, I think the craziest thing is watching it and seeing you know jim referenced this earlier but seeing what wwe has done to jericho's music obviously they don't have the rights to uh that pearl jam knockoff was it actually pearl jam yeah yeah it was even flow right even flow is that what it is that like it's such a knockoff that it's uh, like i don't know you know i don't know know i mean right how would wcw have gotten away with it because ddp who's on the card later has the uh teen spirit knockoff which i don't right play either right no they don't Mm-hmm. So they they dub it over with break the walls and uh it's just it feels out of place. Yeah, it's yeah. very out of place. It's yeah. just it's just weird. This match was awesome. The end though, the the botch at the end just made me Oof. cringe. I recorded it in like slow-mo and sent it to you guys because Jericho. what they what they call it a, a top rope super Frankensteiner. And yeah. they, they they claimed he blocked it and and oh. Jericho just slid right off him and pretty much landed on his head. <laughs> and uh Gato comes down and you know he barely hits it, but uh yeah, it was it was ugly. It was one of those 
one of those cringe moments that you're watching. Go, yeah. Good match right. though. Another one worth watching. Both, um, the, both the the opener and this match are the, it's such a hot start to this. Yeah, card, I think. Yeah. And then uh, the next match is, is our homework match. But before our, our next match, we've got um, the Benjamin button of wrestling, uh, Deborah McMichael, um, who looks <laughs> about 70 years old. As I said, last episode, <laughs> if you listen, <laughs> I don't know. I she's younger here. Yeah, oh yeah, she's younger, but she doesn't look it, in my opinion. I don't know something about that face. You know, I thought, I, you know, you said that last time. She always looks like perpetually forty or whatever, and like I, I was like, yeah, that's true. But then imagine if like she looked like that when she was five years old. That's like, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> the prim- you gotta find. <laughs> that's a that's the yeah, no, over, uh, picture. She looks yeah. exactly. Like, that's the premise of a horror movie. I think. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, she is the queen of WCW, and uh, she's got a big surprise opponent for uh, for X Mongo, who. Uh, she teases that Steven Seagal might be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's not he Jeff Jarrett. He blows that off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He blows it off. <laughs> Which is funny because Mongo looks like like an older, dumber yes. uh, brother yeah. of That's Steven Seagal. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, again, we're going to skip over Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. And we're going to get to that at the end um, because we just feel like this whole the whole card is is worth talking about. Um so next up, we've got uh, Mean Gene, and he's advertising his uh, 1-900 hotline for $1.59. He's willing to tell you who the, the, a new click or a new click member is going to be. I, I don't know what he's talking about, uh, but man, did anybody ever pay for that? Did you guys ever try? Well, I'm sure someone did. I did not. I think my brother might have done it once. <laughs> check out. But um, how good is Gene here? He's like... The best, and uh, it's yeah, kind of a callback. So this is a callback to our WrestleMania Nine episode where Gene is kind of teasing uh, Vegas stories. He's like talking about him and uh, Tony right. at the crabs yep. table. Like, yeah, I want to see this. Come on, like, yeah, you can't like tease this stuff. He like he says he's gonna buy him a cool one later because he like <laughs> gave him bad advice at the crabs table. I love it. I love me and Gene just like wheeling and dealing. Which like the rest of this, the back half of this card almost feels like I'm watching WrestleMania Nine. Um, mm-hmm. with the guys that are involved. It's uh, it's yeah. a good card, uh, especially looking back. They're obviously older, but man, next up, we've got a, a another backstage interview that is way too long, uh, Hogan this and Bischoff. Is, yeah. This enters the NWO portion of the evening, right? Like the first three matches are on NWO free, and it's kind yes. of awesome. But then it, it gets, then you hear the music constantly. Oh God. I, I wish I did a count of how many times I heard that music. It's enough is I, enough. I blew it. I'm usually the one that comes yeah, up. You are. Yeah, you Yeah, man. Come on. I, I blew it. I don't have it prepared. I apologize. <laughs> Good job, Eugene. <laughs> Three times. Ah, ah, ah. So Hogan, Hogan saying how he won't face Piper unless uh, he knows the match is safe. And uh, I think this is just a little foreshadowing of the madness that happens during the main that event. That sting won't interfere or something. Right, right. <laughs> What's so, uh, Bischoff, man? What do you think about Bischoff? That hair is it? it looks like, oh yeah, is it? He is looks he trying, like a, yeah, it's weird. He, he looks, looks like, like a karate a, guy. Yeah, he does. Oh, he's definitely a karate guy. He and he's happy to tell you that. And he's got like that. Uh, the guy from Journey's haircut. Uh, he does show off his Perry. Steve Perry. <laughs> And uh, Hogan for being Hollywood Hogan looks like he bought his he got his sunglasses out of a cereal box or something. Like that. Like, come on, Hogan, 
<laughs> go to the sunglass hut for God's sake. <laughs> Reminds me of the time we bought our friend uh, 99 cent sunglasses and told him it was uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. $20 sunglasses. <laughs> $20. Wow. We were, or, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe more. Yeah. We, <laughs> Big spenders. Uh, okay. So we've got uh, Steve Mongo McMichael, who is going to face Deborah's surprise opponent who just, they just walk out. No music playing at first for a while. And it's her with wah, 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 Alex Wright. Uh, oh man. Yeah. That's Wunderkid. <laughs> yeah. I swear to Jeez. God, our, uh, our buddy here, Mike used to do this dance at least once a day in high school, like in the auditorium. What? And, yeah, you used to always do the Alex oh, totally. Wright thing. Like, You're doing the bushwhacker thing. <laughs> Yo, you know I can't dance, bro. (laughs) So this was supposed to be Jeff Jarrett uh, in Alex Wright's place, but he had just left to go back to WWF. Let's just cut right to the end because Smash sucks. Deborah is distracting the ref, and in comes Goldberg, and he he spears. What's his name? I can't even remember. Mongo. Mongo. (laughs) Yeah, Mongo. Sorry, he spears Mongo, and like the back of. Mongo's head and his ponytail definitely like rub up against Charles Robinson's leg. (laughs) Charles Robinson's acting like nothing's going on behind him. At one point he turns around and it's so bad. And like, he's like, Oh, Oh shit. There's, there he is. I shouldn't have looked. He looks several times back. Yeah. Deborah's back on the floor and then she climbs back up the stage. Uh, Oh, it's just a disaster. Um, When WCW is a mess, it's really a mess. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great, that's a great way to put it. Uh, He looks several times behind. Yeah. My, my notes for this match were Mongo delivers in a true Mongo fashion and yes. wrestle botch all over it. And uh, man, and then uh, comes in looking svelte. He's looking pretty slim yeah. in the beginning. And uh, man, that spear looks painful. He looks like he picks up Alex Wright by the balls and pretty much throws him. <laughs> yeah. Mongo, and that's your one, two, three. That's enough. So I think yeah. so you, I someone mean, said so he grabbed him by his handle. Like. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great suplex by him too. Uh, but you know how I feel about Goldberg and that move, and he just sucks. No, it's uh, crazy. He sucked though, here. The fans are kind of booing him. He's not the Goldberg yet. WCW the, hasn't realized what they have yet, right? Right. The streak was just about to start, I believe. And okay. Right after this. But so could, yeah, so you could see the makings of it, though, right? It's oh, like, totally. It's it's similar to right. what we talk about in you know WWF with Stone Cold, like when WWF didn't quite know what they had and it's like the pieces are there and it's like mm, 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 just waiting right. and it's about to pop off it's cool to get yeah. i never i never thought about going back and watching goldberg right before he started you know right uh, accelerating right. i guess random tangent right. do you think them looking similar with the goatee the bald head the black tights do you think it helped the other i thought about that back in the day for sure like they like, wow, they're presenting right. the same guy kind of yeah, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? I never thought of that until like right now. Obviously, you make the comparison that they look similar and, you know, you right. see people like celebrities on TV saying, oh, that there's there's right. Stone Cold and it's Goldberg and vice versa. But yeah, I don't know. I think it just shows you how sloppy like WCW was if if, and not to. Yeah, I'm going to sing Vince's praises, especially back during this era. But like if if Goldberg stepped foot in WWF and they wanted to use him, I think they would have been like, hell no, you're not wearing that. Like even if even if (laughs) Stone Cold was like just getting hot. Yep. um, But like they never would have let that happen. And I'm well, I'm not surprised that someone 
you know, didn't pay attention to that. I like so, going like he collects the ring from Deborah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it takes him a while to like reference that it's Mongo's Super Bowl ring from yeah. when he was with the Bears. <laughs> what, so what, is he, is this a Repo Man, a Jace gimmick that you're trying to go with here? <laughs> Oh, 100, 1,000%. Well played. <laughs> so uh, we've got Macho and Liz backstage. And first things first, Liz talking is weird to me. Uh, maybe because we barely saw it in WWF, but man, her talking is is weird. Macho, his I think this was said on the A&E documentary, how basically Macho Man's salary was paid by Slim Jim. Yeah. No way. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, they, they, uh, Bischoff was like, it didn't cost me a dime because we got Slim yeah. Jim. Wow, right. that's so, wild. Yeah, he was able to bring that over with him. Um, I mean, it's all over his gear. He, yeah. in, this, in this backstage promo, he, he must reference Slim Jim. At least four times. <laughs> the whole promo is pretty much a Slim Jim commercial. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very repetitive. Slim Jim is in each corner of the mat with the Halloween Havoc logo in the center. Each ring post is a Slim yeah. Jim red and yellow. It, it, it It's all over it. It's, it's incredible. And this promo, like you said, he mentions it every other sentence, it feels like. Oh, totally. You know, if you could say that WCW was ahead of their time and like with branding and, you know, the way you see uh, jerseys and stuff branded nowadays. But it, to me, it just looking back in the 90s, it just smacks of them being like cheap and like, you <laughs> yeah, know, yes. like they owe this Easy money to all corny. these guys that so we need some money to like pay, uh, you know, Hall and Nash and whoever else and Macho Man, yep. obviously. It's better than them putting zombies in the ring. No. Does, uh-huh. does, <laughs> does anybody want to talk about Jackie uh, chasing Disco Inferno around for eight minutes. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mike yes. raised his hand. Yeah. He, he used the Zoom raise hand too. There. <laughs> this match went on for nine minutes and 41 seconds. And in my opinion, it was 10 minutes too long. <laughs> that's a, wow. That's a, that's a good line. I like that. My, uh, my notes said the same thing, Mike. I, I have nine forty-one, nine minutes too long. <laughs> brutal. You see, I like, I kind of like this about the card though. Like it's got a mix of stupid stuff. Like you, it's got like awesome matches. It's got this dumbassery like here. And like, this was just way too long though for this yes. to go on. Oh, totally. This was so next- this was to me. I'm sorry. This was to me back in the day as the WF Mark. Um, anytime I flipped over to WCW, I felt like Disco Inferno. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. The Disco Inferno. And I keep saying Inferno. The Disco Inferno was on my television. Anytime I turned WCW on, and I was like, get this. Totally. You know who he looks like? You ever watch, uh, what was that? The Flubber guy? Right. Robin Robin Williams? Insert insert crickets. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't somebody say he looked like someone? He looks like someone. Looked like he could have been MJF's older brother. Oh right, that's it. I think he he just looks like a good Italian boy, and he's like he doesn't want to hit a woman. I don't want to hit a woman. Don't make me do it. Uh, listening to Shivani's podcast, he wanted nothing to do with this feud and wanted nothing to do with losing to her. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So anyway, let's move on to Kurt Henning versus uh, Ric Flair. He beats him via disqualification. Henning, Mr. Perfect, is uh, now a member of the NWO, and he's walking out with that Ric Flair robe with sleeves ripped off. And I don't know, this guy, I know he's Mike's favorite guy. He is he is cool, man, but not as cool as the guy guy in the crowd with nwo painted on his head bald head i don't know if, I don't know if anybody else caught him i've caught a lot of people in the crowd i love those wcw fans <laughs> did you see the guys with the um i guess it's a it's like a dress henley shirt you know what i'm talking yes, about yes yes <laughs> I, I i gotta say if you ever if you've worn that shirt or you plan to wear it just go ahead and euthanize yourself right now because like, it is oh man it's an it's an abomination like they're in the I front row one. and you, you see a dress henley shirt though Can so you? they talk about how that guy under there under his shirt has a uh, austin 316 shirt on no way really yeah or or a wwf shirt on i forget what they said on shivani's podcast you're kidding me and they just gave him that henley that uh, dress Henley shirt. To put on yeah, over it. they said it was probably like a WCW one, and they oh, were talking wow. about they were talking about like you want you ever want free merch if you have good seats at a show, wear like a Bullet Club shirt or like you know free the merch. Opposing, you get a dress if you shirt. want free merch, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's now amazing. I, that's another go back and check that out. Uh, but it's definitely like one of their classic WCW, you know, denim button yeah. downs with, with the patch on the chest. Oh man. W, WCW does a great job during this entire uh, event. I think of like showing the crowd, they like really focus in on like certain people. Right. It's, it's just funny. Like to, I, I always love that about the older cards going back and they highlight the random jabronis in the crowd. This is a, a tangent, but WCW also loved the plant. Yeah, oh, like wow. the audience member, <laughs> like the old lady, like yelling yeah. at Hogan, classic. Well, I think we'll get to a big part of that later, though, in the main event of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. To end this match, I thought it was an interesting way to end it, but it, how Flair hangs uh, perfect or Henning up in the corner and he wraps the belt around his head. I thought that was cool, but at the same time, I can't help but think, like, wouldn't you want like the leather to be on the outside <laughs> and, and, you know, yes. to do more damage to perfect. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, it was cool. It and cool. Uh, you talk know, about a trio. You've got Virgil and Conan oh, coming out to help. Yeah. That's like the bottom rung of the NWL. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> how about, I, I, um, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't look at this card. I didn't know what was on it aside from the match that we were watching. Um, so like every match that came on was like, I was like, Whoa, I get Henning versus flair. On yeah, this. This is, right. I was like, hell yeah. Like I, I just for that. And it was, it was, it's a good match. Like yeah. watching Henning work. Yeah. Watching Henning work is just a treat in any way, shape or form. And this is no different. I, that that was my notes for the entire 14 minute match was I just love watching Mr. Perfect work. Yeah. And this is two all time bumpers too mm -hmm. going at it. Right. Like, and they're, Oh, they definitely. Had, they have a good one in WWF. I think it's like the uh, loser leaves town or yes. flares last raw. match on raw. Yeah. So this is, and this is uh, what four years later and it's, it's still, they, they can still go. Yeah. So after this match, we, we, Cut to Macho in the internet position, um, whatever that means. Uh, and uh, he's just blabbering on. I'm so nervous I can't talk. <laughs> he says something like, he's nervous to face DDP. Like, isn't that like the, op the last thing a wrestler should be saying before their match? <laughs> he stumbled uh, over himself, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hot mess. JJ Dillon out mm. there. He's just come back, but he's going to put NWO in their place. Um, 
I, I don't know. Let's get to Lex Luger <laughs> <laughs> defeating Scott Hall with six uh, by submission. Scott Hall and six still to this day are such a cool duo. I don't, I don't know why I love them as a duo. Uh, and that was actually 28 years ago that the two of them had their match on raw. Did you know that? Wow. That long ago, huh? Yeah. yeah. X-Pac, X-Pac Sean Waltman also reposted my artwork from last year that I, I posted on my story, which was pretty cool over the weekend. Hell yeah. Um, We're, so, we know we've, we've talked about being huge fans of Sean Waltman in previous episodes and yes, it's, it was, like I said, I did not read about this card before watching this and seeing hall and six come down the aisle. I was like, Oh hell yeah. Like, yeah. Then you see Lex Luger though. And you're like, mother fucking yeah. son of a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Drop so, the what's <laughs> Luger. So, sorry. I forgot. Larry Zbysko is the special guest referee. I mean, <laughs> thanks. <Jim. So>. Uh, <laughs> Who do you Lex Luger fan? Do you know one? They're elusive. They're like the wind. It's like a <laughs> a Jaguars fan or something. I've never met a Lex Luger fan. Do you know one? I, I actually write know to, a write to the show. Does that I got a Lex Luger story. Write to the show if you're a Lex Luger fan, and we'll come to your house and slap the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> so let Luger. So Hall wins. Uh, Zabisco asks for a replay and says he saw uh, six interfere. Matches continue. Luger hits a torture rack. It's just like madness. Six takes out Larry Zabisco. That's a cool spot, though. Yeah. It's (laughs) Bischoff comes out. Like, what is happening right now? Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on. It's like WCW schmaz. Like, uh, this is vintage. What you think of with the NWO, no match can end like cleanly. But there's some really cool spots. Like even Lu- I, as I just talked crap out Luger, but like the the torture rack looks pretty cool here. It's well, a I don't know the Razor's Edge uh, that before the match you know is called the first time looks is great. Like it's I'm sorry, is it called the Razor's Edge in WCW? What do they call it? Outsider's Edge. The Outsider's Edge. They really really uh, were creative with that one. Huh? <laughs> Yeah. There's there's only one reason to go back and watch this match though, and it's if you strictly enjoy rest holds. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So it's, if you if you like a match with a good rest hold, go rewatch this for one. You. It'll yeah. it'll yeah. That's a Lex Luger special. I think yeah. the whole our homework match, which we'll talk about <laughs> later, like in the first thirty seconds, there's more action than this this uh, entire mm-hmm. entire thing. Yeah, and, but it's cool to see like, Zabisco get kicked in the head. So I was. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move on. Uh, I just want to reminisce about the time that uh, <laughs> your Lex Luger went, story. You know my Lex Luger story. I sat la, during a live event in like 1994, I want to say, and this is Lex Luger was there. He w- walked down the aisle. I was on the aisle, so I'm like touching him. I'm like patting him. What and, music? Uh, what wait? What music did he have? Yeah, was he? Did you say, oh no, this Lex is made Express. in the USA. Oh, dun, dun, dun. did you say yeah. patting or petting? Which one? <laughs> Petting, like petting, petting, petting. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I think he was facing like a million dollar corporation or something. Anyways, so I'm like touching him, you know, like patting him (laughs) on the shoulder. (laughs) Just patting him on the shoulder. That's all I'm doing. Like, yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as you do as they're coming down the aisle. Like WWF superstars. Yeah, of course, of course. You're touching him. 
Yeah. Don't touch him. You want to <laughs> get him? Yeah. I'm still confused. Are and you, pet- are you like, petting him? What is him? that smell? Yeah. <laughs> so then he goes away, and I smell my hand, and it's like <laughs> the worst smelling thing I've like the worst bo I think I've ever smelled in my life. Like that Seinfeld episode with the bo in the car. Like that's how you have a picture. Like it was. I've never smelled anybody that smelled worse than Lex Luger at this time. <laughs> I could so vividly remember you telling me the yes. story like the next day at school. I'm like, Lex Luger smelled like shit. <laughs> he really did. It oh, was God. just BO shit, man. That doesn't that doesn't surprise me though. No. Like, twice <laughs> All right. So this is the sixth time, I believe, yeah. that we're gonna hear the NWO music tonight. This one, but this one has the uh macho man. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um Best one. So we've got uh, Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth versus Diamond Dallas Page, uh, and and Savage goes over here. We've we've said this in past episodes. I want to know how comfortable it is to wrestle in jeans, Diamond Dallas Page. They're guest jeans, though. (laughs) He got them at TJ Maxx for uh, they're marked down seventy two percent or something. Uh, we've still got Ravens flock sitting ringside, which they've been there the whole pay-per-view. Um, this match is like what a Tuesday in Sarasota at a, the bar or feel it feels like, you know, like these two going at it, like this is latter day macho man. Yes. Um, you know, and it, and, uh, DDP build from the Jersey shore. Like, it's like yeah. oh, man. I know brutal. Yeah. So they, they make their way into the crowd. And the creepiest moment of the match is that little kid wearing the sting mask. Did anybody catch that? Oh, I he's missed like, that. Oh yeah. He's a tiny little guy wearing a sting mask. So it's like, and he's being pushed away by a security guard as he's trying to get in there. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. How about it's, the, uh, the, uh, the battle in the styrofoam graveyard. They, these guys go on it. For those that don't uh, remember, the the Halloween Havoc set had styrofoam headstones all around the entranceway. They the treat it mask. They treat it for real for oh, the most yeah. part. But then um, do you, you, the, there's a spot where someone so, gets hit with the. Uh, uh, yeah. Dusty calls it a waitress tray. Right? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, he wobble-legged him. He wobble-legged him. <laughs> yeah. And like, I've never heard that term before. Wobble-legged yeah, I have him. That too. Oh, he <laughs> gets fired up for that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But not as fired up as they get uh, at the end when uh, Elizabeth and Kimberly go at it. And <laughs> we've got Jerry Lawler apparently returns to the announce booth. And they're, they're going hog wild over these two women. Elizabeth um, though kills DDP first. Yeah. Like she yeah. tries to kill him. She kills the ref, and then she chokes DDP with the the wire for the yeah uh, yeah. That's that's like the most I've ever seen her do. We've got Hogan comes down dressed as Sting, hits DDP with the bat, gives Macho Man the win. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Did you say Hogan dressed as Sting? Yeah. yeah. Wow, they I say it, it later on too. They say how he's like wearing the boots still, and they picked up. I don't know. There's like weird stuff throughout this that they sprinkle in. Like it happens, but it's not till like minutes later that the announcers reference that it's Hogan. It's not like he comes out and they see the boots and notice that it's Hogan. It's mm. like he leaves and he's gone, and then they start telling us that it was Hogan. I, um, wow, I, I need like glasses or yeah. something because I did not notice. I didn't. I didn't notice it either. I just heard them say it. Okay, it's not uh, easy to tell. No, it's not. It's not. 
Um, all right, main event time. Not our homework because we're going to get there. Um, but we've got Piper defeating Hogan by submission in a steel cage match. At good God, this match is wild. Age uh, in the you, cage. Yeah, age, age in the, in the cage. cage. You've got Piper biting Hogan's caboose as he's trying to leave the cage. <laughs> well, first off, just, why isn't this for the title? I don't understand. I don't understand. Because it's Roddy whole... Piper. He can't have the title. I don't. Yeah, he doesn't have the title, right? He's wearing it, but he's not a champion, from what I understand. Mm. It's a mess. Yeah, the like I, I, I went to research this, and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening with the championship <laughs> belt here. Like, there's no history of Piper being the champion. In this, no, he like stole it era. from Hogan or something. Is that what it is? My okay. assumption. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not trying to sound like we don't know what we're talking about, but we don't know. No, what we're no. Well, about. that's WCW though. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right, hard to know. Oh, the cage is ridiculous. It's <laughs> it's not like it's like they're trying to rip off Hell in a Cell like, it's like last wire. minute. Yeah, they're like they're like, oh man, that hell that Hell in a Cell that they built looked awesome. We got to do something <laughs> like that. So they like put together four sheets of metal. I don't I don't even know. It's, it's just awful. It doesn't look sound. It's constantly shaking throughout the thing. Looks like it's ready to collapse. Uh, it's terrible. It's um and question about the music. So I know um. Hogan probably had Voodoo Child here and uh, WWF put the NWO music over it, right? Yeah. But the, did Piper have different music in WCW? He did. Just, he did, okay. Yeah. And But they just put play the WWF bagpipes. I thought that was yeah. just like copyright free and maybe WCW <clears throat> could play it too, but I guess not. No, I, Yeah, I think it was different bagpipe music. I'm different sure. bagpipe music, good. Yeah. All right, good. So... Oh, um, wait, can we just can we talk about Michael Buffer for one second? <laughs> I have him. <laughs> Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. All right, fine. <laughs> Michael Buffer, WCW has him on retainer like at this, oh, this era. God. They totally do. Absolutely. 100%. He's at right? like every single event, no? Yeah, yeah. I think he's on like Nitro after this. Yeah, 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 it definitely is. And they need him because, you know, there is nobody that compares to Howard Finkel, obviously. No, no not even um, Buffer. So let's get to the ending. It's anticlimactic, except for the fact that somehow these WCW jabronis let let this fan climb the cage. He climbs up the cage. Before we even even get there, how do you win this match? Because they escape the cage. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They go back in the cage. (laughs) Yeah. There's no winner. There's no there's no ref. No, it's stupid. (laughs) How about about the fact that and then Hulk Hogan looks like a microwave Hershey bar throughout the entire thing. And this guy is like, peak, like poke him with a stick and like, he'll like, it's, yeah. Ew, he's crazy. So I, I was watching um, today, the latest icons, which is about uh, Rob Van Dam and, and Paul Heyman said, it, and you hear this in wrestling often, but he, he said it, he said, you know, the whole event can suck, but if the ending is good, that's what they're going to remember. And um, man, the ending to this, like I, like I started to say, you got this crowd, this crowd, this guy in the crowd, he's got sting face paint on. He climbs the cage, climbs down. They let him get in the ring somehow. Um, and then they're they're all like holding they, him off. The and, officials and, don't know what's going on because like, no. all these fake stings coming yeah. out. Like, yeah, he so, fooled them. He fooled yeah. them. And meanwhile, you've got poor Piper hand like hanging on the side of the cage, <laughs> handcuffed. It's a disaster. And the, the show goes off with them like dealing with this guy in the crowd. According, like, not- well, according to the observer, this is a plant, you know. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, apparently, like, WCW always encouraged going back to, like, the NWO uh, debut or, like, when Hogan joined the NWO, people throwing shit in the ring and right. stuff. But it kind of could blur the line. But this was apparently a plant. Like, and people say uh-huh. you can tell because Hogan's doing his, his fake punches and they, the guy's uh-huh. alive, basically, where they would have yeah. murdered, they right. probably would have murdered right. this guy, like, in the ring. And it, so it's, they think it's a plant. I, That's interesting because I did think it was weird how like they highlight so the much. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it, right. but, but they make it look good because the other bogus thing like has them right. down, right? Yeah, right, right. It's it's weird, and I don't know if there was ever a payoff with it, but just no. bizarre way to end. And then to roll, roll credits. <laughs> and how about though, Macho Man? Going from the top, is he yeah. trying to blow oh, his I'm knees out? Like, oh, oh my, my god. goodness! Mrs. And then he gets hyper by a mile, and then he gets Hogan. like, yeah, and he gets thrown out of the ring twice. He gets like murdered three yes. times at the end. Like it's borderline like Mick Foley territory, jumping from the top of that oh, ring totally. onto onto his flat feet. Like, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to man. double tap Hogan on the head. Yeah, he hit him with his chin or something. Like, oh man. Tried to double axe handle off the top yeah. of the page. <laughs> double <laughs> axe handle. Glance. Uh, yeah, Hogan is holding. It's not a move you do from the top of a cage. <laughs> Hogan is holding Piper during this. And yeah. Piper just weasels away and uh, Hogan gets glanced on the forehead. And uh, yeah. All uh, cage all bends yeah. as he's jumping. It's oh, fully, it's fully expected. Fully expected Macho to blow out his legs there. Both, I'm pretty sure that he he did get somewhat injured from. I think that. so. It reminds me of I. I don't know if you ever seen it. The uh, there's the 80s. Uh, I forget what the event is, but it's Cornette's hanging. It's like a Road Warriors up on a I don't know platform thing, and Cornette ends up the scaffolding. Dang- yeah, the scaffold. Cornette dangles from it and lets go, and it's both his knees. He like shreds uh, oh, yeah. both knees. And that's what this looks like. It's like ooh, that's, macho. that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we just talked about the whole card. Now we're going to go back and discuss uh, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. It's title versus mask match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, Just a little bit of backstory. uh, Behind the scenes, apparently Eric Bischoff was obsessed with the idea of Rey Mysterio losing the mask in a match, which Mm. when a a luchador loses his mask, usually that signals his retirement. Um, And Mysterio is super super young. So that really doesn't make much sense. At, at one point, uh, it came down to the wire with this because Mysterio didn't want to lose his mask. He felt like there was no build. Um, Bischoff threatened to sue him if he oh. didn't, if he didn't lose the mask. Um, and then I guess they mutually agreed on, you know, him tearing away at the mask, but Mysterio eventually losing it, which uh, I, I think he did lose it eventually. He loses it to Kevin Nash. So uh, this brings us to the start of uh, one of the best wrestling matches that I've ever seen. Again, us not being WCW guys, I witnessed this match for the first time. Uh, I'll admit it years after, decades after. uh, It wasn't until WWE Network came around uh, and started putting WCW stuff on there. Um, That's how much of a WWF, WWE guy that that I am. And, And yeah. Yes. This, is, this is one thing that WCW did so much better than WWF because WWF's cruiserweight light heavyweight uh, yeah. division was garbage and yeah. the, it was the cream of the crop in WCW. Yeah, yeah. It, it, amazing. 
Yeah, Brian Christopher, not quite on the level of these guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Nick, you mentioned earlier that this match should be in the top 10, but do you remember when WWE Network first came out, they did a hundred top... Yes. The hundred top matches yes. to see before you die. This came in at number five. Wow. Wow. Okay. So That makes sense. Only, I would agree with four, that. Yeah, this yeah. certainly is up there. And we're wait, we're, let me yeah. guess the only four. Oh, yeah, let's go. All right, I could definitely give you Michael's Austin Undertaker, Brett. Austin Brett. So, uh, Michael's Undertaker from which WrestleMania? Both they so, have on there. Number no, WrestleMania 25 came in at number one. So, that okay. was the one that was the <laughs> okay. number one map. Oh, Macho, Macho Steamboat is in there. So, you just said, you said, let's slow it down here. <laughs> 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 Taker and Shaw in WrestleMania 25 is number one. Number two was Brett Austin at WrestleMania 13. Number three was Steamboat Macho Man. And number four, I guarantee you, none of you three will get. Why? Well, right, give know. us a decade. Give us a decade. 1989. Nope. No clue. Is Flair, it? Oh, yeah. Flair uh, Steamboat. Steamboat. Oh, whoa. Mike, man, coming through. It was uh, Flair Steamboat. NWA championship, two out of three falls from Clash of the Champions number six, which uh, was nineteen. Should have known that because I did that shirt with uh, with our our buddy Pollyanna uh, or Jake at Pollyanna that no longer exists. But yeah, we did that shirt commemorating that feud. Yeah. Um, so I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that that was on their list. <laughs> Mike, you surprised me. Did you look it up? Is it on your no. phone right now? <laughs> <laughs> He's not cheating. He's not. He, kudos to WWE, like the real WWE drones we are for for celebrating the other. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. That's so. It's big of them. All right, so let's get back to this match. So <laughs> we've got we've got Rey Mysterio coming out in a bodysuit which is modeled after the Phantom. I loved his music. First of all. And, and Mike, and I want to, I want to say you were right all along. You yep. loved this music for the, since 1997. And I, I was did. like, eh, but when I heard it here it's good. in context of the match, I was like, damn, he was right. Yeah. I told you, man. It's so good. So it's, it's interesting. This man, this, uh, whole ring gear is purple. Too. It's purple. Uh, it's phantom themed because it's Halloween. Um, but what's interesting about it is the mask is attached to his yep. to his gear because he knows that Eddie's been trying to rip the mask off uh, uh, for weeks leading up to this. It's all one piece. Oh, totally. And he's got that extra mask off. <laughs> he's got that extra <laughs> mask that is like attached to him. Yeah. Like like a drawstring book bag. And he yeah, gives, it like, it to, yeah. gives it to a fan, but the fan's wearing an NWO shirt. Like, would you... Like and he goes too sweet. <laughs> yeah, Ray must have been a little nervous. Um, Eddie, Eddie comes out and no, this wait, guy. Hold on, we can't make it through an episode without us mentioning Bret Hart. So, would you rather get <laughs> Bret Hart sunglasses or or Ray Mysterio mask? Which sunglasses? Bret's glasses. Yeah. Well, what would come you on. rather get, Matt? No, come yeah. on. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather take home a luchador mask from one of the greatest luchadors of all time? Rather come maybe. On. How, how dope are those? Sunglasses. I bet you. I bet you that mask. I bet you that mask smells like Lex Luger back in 1994. That right, right, dude. Uh, Top drawer, my ass. I lost my virginity in Bret Hart sunglasses. So So, I seen him. Eddie Eddie comes out and he is looking like the best version of a heel. He's he's got to be in his prime of his career uh, uh, physically, and, and he, the announce he, table is letting us know. 
Vince McMahon would say he looks vascular. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely vascular. Oh, he's, man. He's ripped. That poor he's girl, shit. Jim. Yeah. That poor girl. <laughs> he's ripped to shit, though. Like, he's... <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and his music's awesome. He's got like oh, swagger yeah. coming down. Oh, I love how he like the way he's holding the bell like, over the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the man. Like he I, really is. Yeah, it makes me want to go back and and watch like anything I can get my hands on with Eddie Guerrero matches. Felt um, the same way. So, all right, bell rings and fans are starting off hot with uh, Eddie sucks chance, and uh, Eddie starts trash talking Mysterio. Ducks out of the way, cheap shot from Eddie Guerrero, and the fight begins. Um, man, it is this match is so hot from the start. Uh, I'm going to do my best to lead us through this. Um, so, just as fast as the action is in the ring, Mysterio ducks a clothesline and hits a diving springboard moonsault attack into an arm drag. That's what I've got written down yeah. because I had to pause this thing on my. I watched the match through. And then I had to watch it again just because it's so fast paced. It makes you wonder if they're doing like the same thing as Macho Man Steamboat where it's like all mapped out because it's beautiful. It's like a work of art, right? Like, I mean, you see all the moves. They've got all the moves in here and it's it's incredible. And it's even like in the two minutes there, it's jam packed with with nonstop action. Go right. Ahead. So, so no, Eddie, Eddie's outside the ring. And I thought this was one of the, the highlights for me. Um, Eddie's outside the ring and Mysterio prepares to dive out onto him. Um, but instead Mysterio does a, a skins, the cat, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eddie grabs his feet out from underneath him. Yeah. Um, man, it's just, it's, it, there's, it's so hot. This match, Ray's um, head gets spiked on the stairs yes. out there, like spiked. Uh, yes. incredible. Eddie destroys Ray a bunch of times in this match. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yes. Uh, just the way that they're working, it is brutal. Ray takes an absolute beating throughout this entire match, and Guerrero is made to look like this absolute monster that's just taking advantage of his of his size. Heenan at one Heenan at one point says he's Guerrero is the best pound for pound today. And it he makes says me, that a bunch of times. Yeah, and it makes yeah. me think and and that's not to discount Ray. Like, are these two the greatest wrestlers in the world in nineteen ninety seven? So you look over at WWF, we got Michaels probably like it would be at the top over there. I don't know. Like Austin, I, yeah. Yeah, Austin. Oh sure. But I mean, like, wow. It's but right. this is yeah. this is a that's, hell of a that's show. actually so to reference it again, but sh- Conrad talks about how Pritchard always compares Eddie to Shawn Michaels. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing because this guy's insane. Yeah. Um, he's so talented. Um, and the coolest part, I thought, we can't go any further without talking about how Mike Tanay joins the announce table and he does such an amazing job explaining the history that these two guys have with each other uh, in Mexico. Um, before this match, how Eddie and, was a masked guy once too, right? Yeah, it's Mike Tanay helps like solidify this match into the top five. Um, the match is amazing, but he he puts it over the edge. I don't think we said enough about Iron Iron Mike Tanay. Like I, I again, we've said this ad nauseum in this episode. We were not WCW kids growing up. But Iron Mike and I thought Iron Mike tonight, like, who the hell is this guy? But man, this guy is like the perfect color commentator. Like, he yes. adds 
so much backstory. Like, like he paints such a picture, the history, like the Eddie Guerrero stuff's incredible. Oh, he, he's the first uh, luchador to remove the mask and like right. dishonor the whole thing. It's so cool to hear this background while this action is going right. on. It's, it's perfect. Perfect. It, it adds so much to it. And it, I feel like during that point, and, and, and I wasn't one to order WCW pay-per-views, although I think I got World War Three once just because I love a over-the-top rope. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I didn't order this as a kid, but I appreciate this like history lesson that we're getting throughout this match from, from today. It's so yeah. good. It adds so much. There's so much movement throughout this match, uh, and it's so fast-paced. There's one point where uh, Ray comes at Eddie, and he he has to like 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 so fast realize that he's got to turn this into a move, and he hits uh, a tilt the world backbreaker. I don't know if you guys caught that. It looked like like mm-hmm. Mysterio was coming at him way too fast. Right. The tilt the world is incredible. That that backbreaker. Yeah. That's it's amazing. There's so many of those moments where it's it's you know lightning quick reaction. Right. So that's the first like near fall of the match. Right after that, and here's where it's. Eddie starts to get frustrated and he starts to work on Mysterio's mask and he's tugging at it, trying to rip it. Um, he's got him in the abdominal stretch and he's pulling at the, above the eyes of his mask, trying to rip it open. It's just such great heel work. When you think about it, the crowd hates Eddie Guerrero, like right. despises this man. It, it just adds to the importance of the match. When you think about it, Watching him tear at this mask is beautiful storytelling in and of itself. Just it, it solidifies it as being well worthy of uh, a top five all time. No. And Eddie throughout this portion of the match starts to really work on Mysterio's back, um, you know, which just shows us how much of a heel he is, you know, working on the same area over and over again. There's a um, spring springboard moonsault DDT by Ray oh, around this part. Yeah, it's insane. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's that, it's that. so smooth. It's got to be one of the coolest things that I've ever seen in wrestling. All right, so here we are, Eddie, uh, working on the back. He's got camel clutch, um, working on ripping Ray's mask, exposing part of his face. This is where he actually rips the mask. Yeah. It's shocking. Like even even yeah. now seeing it in 2021, it's shocking to see just the more than just the eye sockets yeah. of Rey Mysterio. Yeah, you get and, a good look at him. Yeah, totally do. And my my favorite part is Bobby Heenan giving us a Bobby Heenan line of let's get a but, look at this guy's kisser. <laughs> <laughs> he uh he then he locks in the gory special, which was invented by his father. And and Mysterio counters with an arm drag to escape this. Eddie limps outside the ring and Mysterio climbs to the top turnbuckle and he hits this huge diving plancha over the ring post, over the top of the ring post onto Eddie. He gets um, so high, man. It, it's crazy to see a guy do that because we see them nowadays, you know, go up to that top turnbuckle and, and dive off onto the outside of the ring. But the fact that he goes that high over the turnbuckle is is really just wild. And then Eddie's back on on offense suddenly. He tries for the tilt world again, but Mysterio escapes it and hits a Frankensteiner, which I just I don't know. It seems like such a WCW term to me, the Frankensteiner. I feel like I first learned about it. Hurricane Rana, man. Hurricane <laughs> yeah, Rana. Exactly. But they refer to it as Frankensteiner throughout the match. 
I think today um, he calls a, it like a hurricanrana <laughs> at some point, and like that's probably the first like you know like right. on Frankensteiner. Right. The best is at least the Dusty Rhodes saying, I can't believe the athletic sism of <laughs> these guys. And then Shivani goes, athletic sism? <laughs> he like o- openly mocks him on the <laughs> It's like the like one moment of levity in this whole match, which is like super serious. It's like Shivani just like making fun of Dusty's like mispronunciation. <laughs> he uh, at one point Mysterio tries to to hit the 619 i'm assuming it wasn't called the 619 at that part and it wasn't at like like eddie wasn't set up for it what we're used to no. um but eddie catches his his feet in that move um and and here's where we're leading to probably the big move uh Masiro runs the ropes it's a suicide dive into a hurricanrana which is 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 wild like Somersault at this point yeah, yeah it's it's wild at this point i mean have you not elevated this match to your top 10 <laughs> no yeah seriously <laughs> um the fans they're getting louder they're getting louder eddie sucks eddie sucks which just shows you like when you watch this card there's so many heat magnets but like nobody's getting that kind of chin against them What's funny is we're treating this like it's the main event, yet it's the third match on the card, which is crazy to think about. So let's get to the end. Um, Eddie goes for the frog splash. Mysterio rolls out of the way. Eddie dodges and Mysterio ends up sitting kind of weird on on the top turnbuckle. Eddie runs up to him, hits a top rope, back suplex of sorts, and Mysterio goes to fight out of it. They start pushing and shoving each other. And they're both on top of the second rope. And Eddie then goes for what looks like a razor's edge from the second mm-hmm. rope. And Mysterio reverses that into a hurricanrana and into a pinfall. One, two, three, match over. Everything happens so fast. And, and that's because this is the third match on the card. They're, they're cruiserweights. I don't know if anybody was paying that close attention to them. We've got Ray looking into the camera, tears coming out of his eyes and letting us know that tears are coming out of his <laughs> eyes, which is kind of weird. And boom, Eddie attacks him from behind. Like, it's crazy. Oh, man. What a work of art. It's Seriously. a match. It's a match. The first time I watched it, I watched it twice for this. The first time I wrote in my notes, I don't want this to end. Like, yes. You know, like, and I apologize. Like, I, I felt like I, I wa- watched this match once. And then I went and took notes where I was like pausing because there was so much action. Because if and then you take I went the back, time to write something down, yeah. something yes. else just happened. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's That's crazy. The problem. Yeah. My notes are so detailed for this match. And and I apologize if I didn't do it justice. Um, but but I like to think that we did. Uh it was probably this may have been the best actual match that we've covered so far in 14 episodes. Cans in the cooler, man. Uh, like, like in an, after a night where it's really good and you've had beer, so many cans of beer sitting around the table, with you and your buddies. And then you go for that extra beer at like 2 AM at Jim's house. <laughs> and uh, you can't, none of us can get through it, man. I'm giving this five and a half stars, Ooh. five and a half cans in the cooler, because like I said, it's the best match we've covered so far. An extra half a can at 2 a.m. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, none of us are going below a five, right? Are no. any of us going to do it? No, no, you can't. Nope. No way. We, we had a five across the board once before, but this, yeah. this takes it Exceeds to another it. level. Yeah. This, this, 
when 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 we talked about that top 100 rankings this deserves to be in that top 5 where it was yes. at and uh man it being the third match on the card and it's something now that is you know happened in 1997 and still holds up in 2021 is uh yes. well worth the watch and revisit so if you haven't watched it in a while go back and appreciate Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio just throwing down yeah, so it's actually um, it's season nine, episode one, um, and and of course we've got to give the cans and the cooler for the entire event. Man, the only the the biggest flaw in the event, if you're going to go back and watch it, is the fact that Mysterio and Guerrero is match number three. It would have been cool if that was like match number six on the card, just so you had something to look forward to a little bit more. But there's still plenty to look forward to. Who wants to give it their cans and cooler first? Yeah, I don't know if it's um, me not having ever watched this before, so I'm seeing it with fresh eyes, but I love this card top to bottom. Like, even Disco Inferno Jackie, like, everything fit together. Like, there's a little too much NWO, sure. I give this, I'm, I want to say four and a half. I'm going to give it a 4.25 cans in the cooler just to be just to split, dif- split the difference split between di- four, four and a half and four. Cause I think four is too low. Cause this, I think this is a great card. I mean, it's got this all time match, which you just gave a five and a half to. So I, yeah, it's, it's a great card. I love it. I'd go back and watch this anytime. I think it's so much fun. Mike, what do you got? Uh, starting with a five. I give a minus one for the age in the cage, honestly, because <laughs> it's just a cluster of a disaster. And some other parts I, I didn't like too much, but, you know, it's got some great matches. I'm going to go with 3.75. <laughs> oh, man. Matt, you want to go or you want to let me go? I'll go. I'm, I'm, it's still a little too WCW for me. So, uh, I'm going to 3.0 and oh, it's, it's pretty Whoa. low. Yeah. It's, pr- it's pretty low. Uh, there's, there's too much slim Jim. There's too much NWO. There's too much. Maybe it just has a little nervous. Yeah, uh-huh. Maybe it just hasn't aged well for me, but there's a little too much. Alex Wright, oh, man, Mongo and uh, Jacqueline and Disco Inferno. Come on, it's too hard ever make an appearance in WCW. <laughs> it's it's uh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when uh, when Jim gave it such a high rate. I was like, oh man, is mine too low? And now I'm wondering if mine's too high. I had mine right at a four, um, just because I was very entertained with this. Again, like Jim said, I went in with no clue what happens besides this match. So, you know, that that's always fun to go back and be able to do that. I think this solidifies for me that 1997 is the best year of pro yes. wrestling. Because mm. yeah. we've, we've already talked about how we love really WWF uh, 1997. And this, like jumping over here and watching this, I again, I was delighted watching this top to bottom. Yep. I loved every, I enjoy, I enjoyed literally every single match on this card. And maybe I'm just a WCW guy now. I'm going to be uh, just Ooh. going through all the archives. Yeah. I would love to, I might have to, uh, you know, I told uh, the guys over at Turnbuckle Tavern that I would hop on for a debate and they asked me to come up with debate questions. I, I think one of my debate questions would be, is there a better era of wrestling that we've lived through than, than 1997? I mean, maybe there was the start, but 
man, book's peak, now. like you said, book it now. Book it now. 97. I'll bring, bring the whole bring the whole Survivor Series team with me. October 1997 is the show. Oh, yes. Awesome. Awesome. So I had a lot of fun on this. As we're recording this, I'm going to give it to you guys real. We have no clue what we're going to cover in next week's episode, and that's okay. Um, so hopefully it's something good. It's going to be something better than Kane because it- Kane... Uh, it's too hot here. Yeah, we, uh, we might cover. We might uh, might cover Jacqueline uh, nip slip. Uh, oh man, let's uh, let's not cover someone like Kane, and let's cover someone what like Eddie test? Guerrero. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, that does it for our homework for episode fourteen, uh, and now it's time for some extra credit. Brought to you by Slim Jim <laughs> and Matt. A little excitement. Hey guys, Chick Foley here. If you like what you're hearing on this Pod Foundation production, you should check out my podcast, The Chick Foley Show, where each week myself, the heel husband, and the MVP bring you the fans' perspective on all the action inside and outside of the squared circle. We keep you up to date on the latest in wrestling figure news, give you retro wrestling recommendations, and just have fun talking about all aspects of professional wrestling. The Chick Foley Show drops every Friday morning and is available wherever you listen to podcasts. We made it, fellas. We're back for another extra credit session for episode 14. And here we are last week where uh, I broke out some honorable mention for the first time, and I'm going to do it again here. So it feels like the rumor mill has uh, earned some honorable mention this week as we've got some Daniel Bryan contracts. We've got Velveteen Dream backstage at Raw. Zelina Vega has apparently re-signed with WWE. There's so much stuff that is flying around the rumor mill that uh, I don't feel like we are that podcast. We're not going to go into details on what the dirt sheets are saying, but man, if you're that kind of guy or that kind of gal, I recommend you diving into the the dirt sheets this week. So enjoy it while uh, it's there for you. So let's kick this off with AEW taking up the three spot in this week's extra cooler top three. And last week... Blood or Guts happened while we were recording and we did not get a chance to talk about it. And no, I don't want to talk about Chris Jericho going off the top of the cage, but man, I thought this, uh, this event, that progression of storytelling from the last two weeks of AEW has been pretty amazing as we are moving towards double or nothing, man. I, I, I think that they just did a phenomenal job with that war game style match and take it as you will with the the camera angles or however you want to dissect that finish. But between that, Miro being the new TNT champ, AEW continues to get better and continues to drive stories home. And it has been entertaining as hell. Yeah, you. they have my attention. It, again, last two weeks have been amazing. I can't even imagine what tom- tomorrow night, it's Tuesday night right now. As we're recording this, I can't imagine what tomorrow's going to be like. It it feels like they give you a reason to tune in where mm-hmm. other programs across the wrestling world, it's yeah. like, why, why, why should I just watch highlights from it? So I, uh, yeah. it's entertaining. 
Uh, I'm not here for everything. We tore apart some some Kenny Omega last episode, <laughs> and I will. I I do have to admit that the next night when I watched Blood and Guts, he had that promo, and we ripped him for bad promos. And I actually thought it was entertaining. Yeah. And I almost then, texted Nick in the moment, but uh, the following week still sucked. <laughs> <laughs> there's back a to sucking. There's a long way to go for me to really yes. be invested in uh, in in some Kenny Omega on the microphone. But there were some highlights, and I I felt like that was worth saying. And I'll I'll take my foot out of my mouth now. <laughs> Let's move to the number two spot with WrestleMania backlash. Can't forget WrestleMania and that name. While the event itself was a bit underwhelming, they gave us two worthy main events in the men's triple threat match, which three hosses, not only going at it in a big hoss kind of way, but they were flying around that entire arena. And man, was that entertaining with Bobby Lashley retaining Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed that match. And then Roman and Cesaro did not disappoint either. And Cesaro really elevating himself to prove that he deserved to be in that main event scene. Yeah. Great, great card. Great show. Uh, I wouldn't give it like five cans in the cooler, but you know, I was entertained. I just hope they move on to the next feuds and, uh, you know, Give us some fresh stuff. That Rollins drip too. <laughs> uh, that that suit was. I know Nick, you hate it, but it was <laughs> it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to tell me that like it's something I should own as an art teacher. How could, uh, yeah, how, because how, it looked like crayons melted on the shoulders. How could you hate that suit? How? <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna mute my mic. <laughs> All right, let's quickly move to number one, which is a bit of somber news. For the very first time in a 17-year career, the rumor mill is buzzing around Miz, who apparently tore his ACL during the zombie match. I, 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 will, that, I will let that go. The, 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 the zombie match. No, stop. You said enough. Oh, man. But anyway... He's expected to be out for nine months. I am heartbroken about this one. Maybe it's a good thing in the end. Maybe we get some John Morrison being able to be more than the Miz's sidekick. Maybe we get a major pop when Miz gets back and he can take that leap to the next level of being a main event heel. But man, I, I'm, I'm upset about it. I uh, think he is a underappreciated performer in the ring and not maybe not in the ring, but an underappreciated character in the WWE universe. So much necessary. That guy is very necessary to the company. Completely agree. So Ms. Get back soon. Best wishes to your recovery. If this is actually true. So um, again, another quick, fast couple minutes with uh, your extra cooler top three this week. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, So that's it for episode 14 of the Extra Cooler Show. Uh, You guys can head to our Instagram story and vote on our homework for episode 15. Wow, we've made it to 15 episodes. Uh, Don't forget to check out and follow the Pod Foundation on social media at Pod Foundation. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Extra Cooler and on Twitter at Extra Cooler Show. Uh, Tell all your friends about us. Follow, subscribe, rate, review. 
The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you guys in two weeks where we're going to be talking about Johnny Drip Drip. <laughs> the New York Knicks. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, fellas. Later. Cheers. Let's get a look at this guy's kisser. It's